and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Yep, it's me, the one they all hate, the Scottish big dog, I'm back. And this is the next episode in our Mount Rushmore season. We're going to go for managers this time. Now, before we get into all the good stuff about housekeeping, remember, you can follow us on the social media at Suplex Retreat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also see us on our website at eatsleepsuplexretreat.com, and you can see our extensive back catalogue and all good podcasting sites such as Apple, Spotify, Podbean, whatever. We're all there. We're easy to connect with. And, you know, if you see any of us on Facebook, Twitter, feel free to add us. We're not all evil, I promise. So pack quack out. But now we'll move on to our Mount Rushmore here. And this time, again, it's very difficult to get a really quality Mount Rushmore group to come and discuss this. But as it is, he seeks to retweet. The pickings are always going to be pretty thin. So I didn't say he's a good Mount Rushmore, probably me tonight. So starting off, some th- people think this guy's a delf until they realise it wasn't him, it was his brother. It is Derek Kearman. Mate, that's just a pure lie there. About my brother, <laughs> and also, also at the start of it, you said that um, you get everybody hates you. We don't hate you; we just dislike you intensely. There's a difference. So, wow, <laughs> difference. It's such a strong word. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, that. I was going to say thank you for the introduction, but I am not. See, to be fair to Alan, the most disliked, intensely person in the podcast of history, doesn't have the same kind of ring. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> exactly. So, moving on, this next panelist, his idea for play is a second pie to the fourth decimal point. It's David Hockney. Uh, the same guy who's uh, an originator of this podcast and a Titan of Quiz Showdown. I think I'd be an easy pick for a Mount Rushmore of this podcast. Again, we didn't say a good one, though. But how are you doing anyway, mate? Uh, it's been a while since I've done a Mount Rushmore show, so it's uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, I think you were on the very first one, OG Mount Rushmore. Right, welcome back. And moving on to our last panellist. I had a really good one for him, but then I thought, no, because this prick on Friday on Facebook today for no reason at all caused me a lot of upset. He's an absolute prick, so I'm not being on one. I'll move on. I'm only kidding. No, this man has now joined an elite group here on Supply Chain Team. He's in a group with Stephen Wilson and Ross McLeod for punching well above his weight with his misses. It's Quacker J. Oh, I'll take that one. I will take that one. What up? How you doing? <laughs> and by the way, just for the record, uh, blame Mark Zuckerberg. I think he heard a ESSR show and just decided to jump on my Facebook and unfriend you himself. So it's all his fault. Is it because I keep calling you Percy? Is that it? I don't know. I mean, he likes to wear grey t-shirts because he says he doesn't want to think about dilemmas, but clearly that wasn't a dilemma for him. He was just straight on at the prick. What a prick. Absolutely. But anyway, that's our panellists for tonight. So tonight, as I said, this Mount Rushmore is about managers. We've done who is the Mount Rushmore's men and women. We have done tag teams, we've done loads of them so far, but managers are really, really important one because the managers are so crucial in helping champions retain winning streaks, retaining titles, but also good distractions that can be excellent for storyline purposes. So I think managers are really, really important within wrestling and I'm really looking forward to seeing what the guys come up with. So, as usual, the guys have got their picks. We're going to go around them, hear their reasons for why they believe their picks should be in the Mount Rushmore, 
have a discussion. Both of them will argue about it and then we'll have our final list. So I'm going to start off tonight with Kwaku. And Kwaku, I would like you to tell everyone your picks for the Mount Rushmore of managers. Okay, so I'm going to kick it off old school and I've got to go with Paul Bearer. Um, he's just iconic, uh, part of the pun. He's Undertaker, Kane, synonymous with them. And the fact that he did the mystique of him and the fact that all he had to do was do a certain look and have a certain noise. I mean, the guy didn't even really speak English. <laughs> he just he just made a whimpering noise. He sounded like he was constantly getting strangled. Must have been when he put his belt on. But it's just it's just the way he was. He, he's just an iconic character and carrying the urn. And it just added to the mystique of Undertaker and Kane. And no matter who he was managing, and to be able to be managing two people that fought against each other, fought with each other, and carry off so well on both sides, because you know how sometimes when people switch sides or whatever have you, you can lose a bit of the momentum, but he never lost that momentum. And even when he was cast aside for a while, came back, still as iconic, and people kind of remember what he was all about. So yeah, Paul Bearer is, one up there for me and excuse me for a moment i'm not gonna do it in a high-pitched voice we gotta go with vicky guerrero absolutely that excuse me the way she just says it and her laugh it ground through me i hated i like i hated that one hated that woman with such a passion when i was just such a Marky K. Fabi, wee guy watching wrestling and just seeing her come back. And I was close to tears when I saw her come back at AEW because I'd also at the Royal Rumble seen her come back then. I was just like, Vicky! And just hearing her do excuse me, it reminded me of why I hated her at the time, but I just loved that. So, and the way that she worked with him, she, she was just that person that really pushed the momentum for getting people up there so people like Edge like Edge was it was easy for him to like he won the world heavyweight title in the most despicable way money in the bank or whatever have you but I've, I really feel that the credence with him and La Familia and all that kind of stuff really kept them up in the top card Dolph Ziggler is another one there you go so enough said and speaking of Dolph Ziggler we move on to AJ Lee got to put her in there this we just really recorded a show about AJ Lee versus Paige and there the guys talk about AJ Lee and the way that she like look at the way she managed Dolph Ziggler uh, Daniel Bryan created that epic match at Wrestlemania and it is an epic match David Hockney don't you dare say a thing it was an epic match and just the way that she carried that um, that feud between CM Punk, Daniel Bryan and Kane and just having this the weirdest love triangle that you never thought you wanted to see. Still don't want to see, but my God, it was captivating, entertaining stuff. And my final pick is none other than Mizdow. You have got to put Mizdow in the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. That This man, that, let's be honest, right? Miz is a big character and he's over as hell with people. Whether he's a face or a heel, especially as a heel, people react in the right way to the Miz. But 
when Wednesday started coming out and the way that pe- the people reacted to him and just the character and how funny it was. Like, because let's be honest, David Sandow's career wasn't exactly, it was floundering. And he managed to reinvent himself with this Mr. character with the fake uh, tag team title belt and, and being the stunt double. It was just absolutely comedic genius. So you got to put Mr. in there. And if you don't, I'm quitting this podcast. Then I said it. Boom. A couple of left field picks. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. Derek, I'm going to come to you first. What's your thoughts on Quacko's picks? First of all, talk about Paul Bearer. 100% what he did in this. Added to. Mustang. Yeah, I did. Shut up, you. He <laughs> <laughs> added to the character of Undertaker, Undertaker when Undertaker first first came into WWF as well, and it was, you know, this huge man followed by, and the name and everything about him was just perfect. You know, you couldn't have got a better person to play Paul Bearer than the man who did play Paul Bearer. Um, he added everything to it, you know, he had that. He had the nasty streak as well in him, you know, when the Hogan stuff and all that as well, when he was feeding with Hogan, it was just, it was, he was sensational and the, oh yes, when he was holding down and stuff like that, it was just excellent. Everybody was, even see it when you see them walking down, walking down to the ring, there was, there was kids there who were actually scared of them. You seen them like sort of cowering away when you seen them. Um, therefore, I think Paul Bearer's got to be in it, what a legendary. Um, manager he was as well, and then look at the stuff he done McCain as well in there. So I think Paul Bearer should be in it. Um, the other ones, who was the, who was your second choice again, Quacky? Uh, Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero, another great, another great manager. Very, very annoying, super annoying. But I think that was just the appeal of her. You know, I'd excuse me, excuse me. Everybody just, you know, it was just. I, I think she's she's a great one. Would she be in my top ones? Probably not. Um, but she is still a great character um, in there. Um, and then you had AJ Lee, again, another one brought so much to the table in terms of the storylines that she had as well, plus the fact as well that she was a pretty good wrestler as well in, in the middle of that as well. Um, as well. So I think I think that's a worthy one as well. Would it be in mine? Sorry mate, nope. And Mizdow, great shout. Wouldn't, wouldn't have thought of him personally mate, um, but I think the other guys that we're probably going to talk about, I can't see him getting in there. As much as I love you, nah. Shocking. <laughs> Fair enough, um, We'll move on to David. What's your thoughts? Uh, well, I'll get the, the nitty gritty out of the way. I think AJ and Mizdow are wasted picks, if I'm being honest. Like, there is so many more you could have chosen from. And I think, well, just going with AJ, her sort of managerial valet times were just completely overshadowed by what she accomplished in the ring in terms of championships and also uh also don't forget the the pipe bombshell against total divas i think that's one of her biggest you know outspoken moments so it's everything you know she did in and, and outside the ring on her own not necessarily in the capacity of a manager role and so i don't think she really fits the bill on that one so yeah i i don't agree with that same with mizdow you know he was a a very very entertaining character no no two ways about it but he was much more of a, a tag team partner and a competitor rather than you know somebody who took on managerial duties so not to say that those two aren't great characters but they don't exactly fit the definition of a manager so i can't see either of those two making the cut he was uh, the stunt double he wasn't a tag team part he was the stunt double stunt double tag team partner still still competed in the ring though so it's uh yeah 
No, but sorry, I can't back that one. Uh, Vicky Guerrero, pretty solid shout. Uh, you know, the her person, her you know, her catchphrase, excuse me, etc., was enough to really rile up a crowd anyway. And she was definitely one of the better managers of the 2010s, particularly when elevating guys like uh, Dolph Ziggler, for example, and Edge, you know, as part of La Familia, definitely a very despicable authority figure. Um, manager role, I think it's going to be a bit of a stretch, but I think you know she definitely has a. Definitely has a case to be made there. Paul Bearer, though, I think that's a no-brainer. Like, somebody who, you know, was this very much this uh, scary, charismatic, eccentric manager of two characters who go down as two of the most legendary gimmicks in the company. Uh, you know, and they were both sort of very, you know, silent, stoic characters, and Bearer's, you know, sort of loud, shrieky voice made him look like an actual, almost like a spectre controlling you know the undead powers of guys like undertaker and kane it was almost like you know their powers were manifested into one person and the urn was just the the sort of the crown jewel of it so to speak but yeah it's just everything from his image to his voice to his personality and help and him sort of molding two of the best gimmicks that wwe had to offer i think paul bearer's uh, a surefire shout to to go up there fair enough quacky what's your thoughts on the guys thoughts mm. yeah I feel like I've just been stabbed in the back there. I came here for one reason, one reason only, to get the Miz out on that Mount Rushmore. He deserves to be up there. I mean, you could dismiss, dismiss all the other ones, but Miz needs up there, big time. <laughs> exactly, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> Put him up there. <laughs> I know, I know my other crazy brother in wrestling, Jack Gray, will be in here screaming saying that we need to put Mizdow in there. Mizdow <laughs> in there. This is the equivalent quack of when we done the greatest opening to WrestleMania and you picked the Sheamus and Brian match. And you yep. spoke about it for you spoke about it for a good 20 to 15 minutes. Yep. Which was sensational because some of the match lasted like 30 seconds or something like that. And it's, uh, 18. I told you that's a, <laughs> 18 seconds, yep. So again, that's another one in there. If I had a hat on, sir, I'd be tipping it off to you. But it's I what I do. Think that it's I what I do. I mean, from my perspective, uh, I'll go in reverse. Mizdow was really funny. I, I do agree. I, I like comedy wrestling like you do, Quack. I know you're a huge fan of it. Especially watching Miz do an elbow drop in the ring, and you'd see Mizdow Miz, no, elbow dropping the floor, just going and copying the moves. He was highly entertaining, um, but bear in mind who's on the panel. I do think you're going to be a hard stretch. You're going to need a miracle you missed out in. Uh, easily. Oh, there is hope. There is hope. Here's the hope. Yeah. me growing hair again, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a good plant fertilizer for that head. You just wait. I mean, AJ Lee. Not for me personally, uh, you know, I kind of got to agree with what Hawkeye and Derek were saying. More of a wrestler, more overshadowed uh, quite a lot as a manager. Um, I mean, her even becoming the general manager was forgetful. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah, her becoming the general, but like the actual moment when it happened was amazing during the wedding and stuff like that. But actually, her being general manager was a complete fail. fail. Yeah. It was a fail. 
but as an actual manager, she she elevates quite a lot of people and was obviously part of that epic opener uh, WrestleMania match that just transcends generations for years to come. People will still be talking about that match and how glorious 18 seconds is the best 18 seconds you'll ever spend in your life. Quack a brainstorm here. Mm-hmm. Special. We'll do it because it's coming up to the 10 year anniversary of that WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You have the people with the yep. four months. I can talk an hour and a half on that 18 second match, no problem. You'll watch me. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure of the people will do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Vicky Guerrero is a really, really good show. I think Vicky Guerrero is possibly, for me anyway, the great, one of the, if not the greatest female manager in the history of wrestling. She's been successful with every client she's had. Everyone seems to go over. The catchphrase just seems to be a buggery of anyone. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I burned Tato up a couple of weeks ago and she said, excuse me, like Vicky Guerrero, I ran out of that fucking room. You know what? <laughs> no, I'm here. So, uh, you know, she, she was really, really good. She played the heel part perfectly. It was really weird when she did leave WWE uh, after she battled Stephanie left her face. I always found that a bit odd. Didn't really know how to take that. It hurts her face. Uh, but I did always think she was valued for money as a heel. And as the guy says, Paul Bear, I mean, what else can I... There's nothing else I can add that hasn't already said. You know, Paul Bearer is one of the factors of manage, managers and wrestling. He's just, he's got the law. You know, the name that's been said, the name, the works, the way he spoke, the way he carried himself, everything, it was just spot on, you know, and the legacy of having, what, being a manager of two of the longest serving wrestlers in the history of the business, you know, it speaks volumes. And I think uh, he is very possibly going to be in that Mount Rushmore at the end of this show. So thank you very much, Quacky, for your clips. Uh, next, I'm going to come to David. David, can you tell us who's your selection for the Mount Rushmore? Well, I think we're going to be having a wall of polls here because I've got a couple on my list here. And we're going to start off with uh, Mr. Paul Ellering of the LOD. Now, Paul Ellering, you know, was very much a cool and calm mouthpiece of the Legion of Doom. You know, very much, you know, the hands, you know, on camera and behind the scenes with these guys. You know, he managed them to countless tag team championships. They had that epic motorcycle entrance in Wembley in 1992. Uh, but there is actually some truth behind, you know, managing the LOD outside of the ring as well, because they helped them with, you know, their travel plans. They helped book hotel rooms, manage contracts, essentially, essentially everything that a good manager that is capable of, you know, would be expected to do. And not only help his clients, you know, make their lives a little bit easier, but also to help them win uh, championships, etc. And I'm pretty sure, sh- and as part as regards to the LOD getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, Animal insisted that, you know, Ellering being inducted alongside them rather than just having Hawk and Animal. So it just goes, it's a testament to show that, you know, they, the LOD really respected, you know, Ellering as a manager. He also made a brief return in NXT, managing the Authors of Pain, remember them? And, uh, yeah, he made AOP, you know, a, a, which was a very sort of green, you know, tag team just two two more big men who are just uh, green as grass he made them gave them personality gave them direction and it was was it purely coincidental that as soon as they left ellering you know the aop basically disappeared off the face of the earth i don't think so but yeah purely for his history of working with lod and the fact that he was a solid manager on and off the camera is why i've put paul ellering up there uh now i take vicky guerrero and i raise you 
sensational Sherry Martel. So very much the, the unhinged lunatic, the callous manipulative Queen Sherry, who arguably was responsible for the historic rise of Macho King Randy Savage on his massive rampage. Uh, and the contrast differences between her and Ms. Elizabeth is something that really sort of elevated her persona during this time. Uh, she wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty either. You know, she took some big bumps, uh, you know, so she wasn't there just, you know, just to stay on the outside and just bark orders. She would get physical if she had to. Um, and she was also managing the likes of WWE Hall of Famers, including uh, DiBiase, Shawn Michaels, where I think she was, she did have a vital role in establishing HBK's gimmick as the arrogant, you know, heartbreak kid style. So I think that's got to be a contributing factor to why should she be on there. But I think one of the most, uh, one of the biggest reasons why I think she could, she should go on was because of her work in WCW after she left WWF, where she actually managed Harlem Heat to become seven time tag team champions. Uh, and both obviously Stevie Ray and Booker T went on to have Hall of Fame worthy careers afterwards. So it's, she essentially managed to two upstarts in WCW to become two of the most recognizable names in the business. And I even remember when Harlem Heat got inducted, I think Stevie Ray has come out and said, you know, Sherry should have been inducted with them, you know, despite already being a Hall of Famer herself. So she could have been another two-time Hall of Famer if she wanted. But yeah, she, I think, would be put down as the greatest female manager of all time. Next, we have the strategist of the four horsemen, JJ Dillon. Very much a pro master on the promo, uh, always one to orchestrate a little bit of mayhem, always knew how to antagonize his enemies. And he also had this role of sort of like a, a wealthy political supervillain backed by his posse, you know, the, the four horsemen. Uh, he also had a, a distinctive role, you know, in being in the first ever War Games match where he actually joined the horsemen against uh, the Legion of Doom, among other competitors. Uh, so his sort of gift of the gab is sort of what carried him uh, to superstardom and being associated with one of the greatest factions certainly helped his cause. But it was after, uh, you know, he sort of had the role as the manager, he actually went on to become WWE's uh, executive vice president of talent relations before John Laurinaitis. And he even had a role as WCW commissioner in the Monday Night Wars. So a very influential figure during the sort of mid to late nineties. Uh, but yeah, I think someone associated with the Four Horsemen and also could go in the ring at the same time definitely has a place on, on my wall of fame. And last but not least, uh, we're going Paul to Paul here. Uh, last pick is going to be, of course, the mad scientist, the architect, Paul Heyman. Mic work, commentary work, writer, general manager. He almost had a persona of like a sports agent rather than just a wrestling manager, you know, particularly you know, when he got involved in booking matches, sort of sorting out contract details, even, you know, going as so far as to try and make the best show imaginable. So in a way, it was almost like, you know, Paul Ellering's role, but just sort of cranked up to 11, essentially. Uh, even when, you know, his most decorated, one of his most decorated clients, Paul Heyman, uh, sorry, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, goes off, you know, AWOL with the Universal title. He keeps his presence afloat, you know, knowing like who this guy is associated with. You know who is, uh, who he, where they coined the phrase Paul Heyman guys. You know, that's uh, definitely one of the most, most notorious sort of catchphrases you would associate with that. But even just before that, you know, he was head of the Dangerous Alliance in WCW and of course the mad scientist behind ECW. Like he's the one you know, it was a bit chaotic, a little bit, you know, of a booking maniac back then. But um, 
Yeah, his time as a manager, particularly in WWE, you know, everything from his ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. I'm a Paul Heyman guy. And just his promo skills, his managerial duties, and his full sort of influence over the crowd made people love him and hate him. So, yeah. So that's my list. It's going to be Paul Ellering, Sensational Sherry, JJ Dillon, and Paul Heyman. Very interesting list. Quacker, uh, coming to you first. What's your thoughts on David's list? And from top to bottom, kind of, or bottom to top, every way you want to say it. I'll just say in some order. Uh, Paul Heyman, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, he should be there alongside Mizdow. Um Unfortunately, the other two, I don't know too much about them. So I do know of their names and their, their obviously iconic names and stuff. So Sensational Sherry, like, I do know of Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat, incidentally, is in our Magic Rushmore of tag teams. So, mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, okay <laughs> which is why our manager their manager should go on as well david i've agreed with you don't get white <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they're a sensational saturday although i changed my mind now because they've got white uh paul ellering now this is the thing so when he came to nxt i actually didn't know he was an led per se I didn't know that bit. I know of LOD, I know of what a rush and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't it's before when I was watching wrestling and I'm completely oblivious to what happened before the attitude era. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so yeah, I mean to me LOD obviously I knew of what they were and stuff like that. So I was that one guy that looked at um uh, what looked at Animal and Hyde and for cool <laughs> and then now now I joined this godforsaken podcast and I realise it's not cool anymore but ah well there we go Mr. for the win so the other one is uh, JJ Dillon I'm sorry like I know t I know wrestling Twitter is going to go all postal on my ass and say I should be fired or whatever. It doesn't matter because I'm quitting because y'all are not putting Miz down on, but sorry, I don't know much about JJ Dillon. He sounds cool. I mean, he's got two J's in his name. He must be so good that he's named him twice. So I, he is a Dillion. See what I did there? Felt Bankwaku, very impressive. Thank you very much. Welcome to yourself. What's your thoughts on David's Um Solid. Solid, I would say. However, um, not up there, I think. I think there's one person that deserves to go on the list. Um, on the Mount Rushmore, I think that's Heyman. Um, I think Heyman brings an extra an extra dimension to Lesnar. Lesnar's also not very good on the mic. However, what Heyman done to push him forward, I think Heyman deserves to go in there. Obviously, with all the other stuff that Dave mentioned as well. Um, with him, you know, I think he's, I think he is, he's a solid one in there. I think Paul Heyman, in terms of everything, I love, absolutely love LOD. So Paul Ellering is one of my favourite managers. However, I just think he's, you know, he's. Some of the other guys that we've spoke about have had multiple different, different, you know, different wrestlers to manage. Ellering's, you, you can say he's just synonymous with LOD. Um, as well, Sensational Sherry is a great show. It's a fantastic show for what she done, particularly when I was watching it with Shawn Michaels, when it was a heartbreak kid. You know, she she sort of, he sort of obviously when he done the horrible, dirtiest act he could ever do with Marty Tignetti, which still makes me cry to this day. Um, but I think Sherry, Sherry's a great show in there as well. However, I feel like the other people that are 
that we're maybe going to talk about later on might be a bit maybe more solid on the list but I think she's an absolutely great shout JD Dillon as well Dave I think that's another brilliant shout as well while we're in the Hebron wrestling as well but I think in terms of that list brilliant list solid list however I think Heyman would would be my top pick to go on to the on to Mount Rushmore David what's your thoughts on what the guys are saying? No no that's it's fair enough uh, for sure it's uh I agree, you know, I think maybe they might not, you know, be everybody's sort of initial picks to go on the Mount Rushmore, but I'm trying to, you know, I was just sort of looking for a, quite as a diverse sort of range as possible. And I think, you know, in this age of inclusivity, we know we've got to get uh, a female up there. There weren't many of that female managers in the time, like some, you know, could sort of be more seen as valets. But in terms of sort of managerial duties, I think Sherry, I think you're being a bit harsh with her. I think, yeah, I think there's definitely a case to be made for her as well. Fair enough. So, just my own personal opinion on them all. Um, so, I'll be with Quacko. JJ Dillon, I knew who he was, but for me, he doesn't really come to the forefront of my thoughts. And for that, he's just seen too quiet for everything to be prominent enough to be on the right much more. Um, that, I think, that same logic is kind of what affects Paul Ellering, because although I know Paul Ellering was LD's manager, I don't think of Paul Ellering, I think LD. I just think of the actual tag team and the bikes and the spiky armor and the music. I just, that's the only thing that lets him down. And like the AOP thing, I think you made a very valid point. As soon as they ditched him, they disappeared off the face of the earth. And for me, I was a huge fan of him. I thought he had fantastic potential. And it just all went down the pan when he was split from them for a reason. Um, the Seychelles Sherry Martell. Excellent shout. Hall of Fame worthy Jordy Dears in the Hall of Fame. Did a stellar career. Um, she was the first female uh, to be inducted after uh, WCW was bought by WWF and ECW. So she was very worth, worthwhile going in there and she has a very, very good shout. Paul Heyman, for me, is the goat of all managers. Paul, I mean, I'm not the biggest Brock Lesnar fan, but Paul Heyman, just sit and talk about tangerine for half an hour, I would keep me entertained. I know that you probably learned something new about that tangerine. He's just that good. He knows how to do it. And the stories you hear about where Vincent Lan just don't make me money. And he ripped and Vincent managed to him in shreds. Anyone else would have been sacked. And Vincent Man loved it because he got an extra several hundred thousand bookings for the pay-per-view was coming up. I mean, <laughs> what else can be said about Paul Heyman? Already hasn't been mentioned. I mean the guy's incredible. You said, David, he's got such a long resume. He's been seen, done the wall. For me, he is the greatest manager of all. But uh, really interesting group. Thanks for sharing. And finally, we're going to go to Derek. You said that Haven's the best manager that you've ever seen. I'm going to up that right now. The best manager ever is Bobby the Brain Heenan. I'm sorry. There's no denying it. Bobby was also mentioned in your commentators, Rushmore wasn't he? Um, as well in there as well, so Bobby the Brain Heenan, everything about this man, you know, we've obviously you spoke about it when you've done uh, that one, but just his quick wit, the way he interacted with the crowd, he interacted with the matches, you know, he helped his, he helped his guys come aboard, you know, with Rick Rude and Versus a Warrior, he got Rick Rude his IC title by holding the Warriors feet down, which started an even bigger feud. You know, everything that he done was perfect and he's um, fondly, fondly remembered with everything he done, you know, 
Um, I think I think he's he's the best that there that, that, that there was um, in there as well in terms of these some of the partnerships he had as well. I think he increased the wrestler stature as well when you look at even well you can kind of really increase one of the giant stature because it's massive. But in terms of what he done for Andre in there as well, um, he done everything. Mr. Him and Mr. Perfect, I thought it was a you know in the early nineties was a perfect combination together. Um, particularly when Perfect was the IC champion as well and then um, in there as well and then obviously like I mentioned Ricky stuff with uh, Rick Wood as well so I think Bobby the Brain Heenan has to go in there he, it's also his, his longevity as well of him you know he never in his first five years of being a manager he never he never had a, a wrestler with a belt which tells you everything about him that he didn't he didn't need to have a belt on him to make these guys better to make to make it entertaining um, to the fans to watch, so I think that's why Bobby the Brain Heenan has got to be in there on the Mount Rushmore as well, because um, he can be a two-time Mount Rushmore um, in there, I think. Um, my next one is Mr. Fuji. Now, <laughs> I get all, all my guys, as, as, you, as you, a lot of people know, I love my early 90s, um, late 80s wrestling as well, so Mr. Fuji, for me, is what a character, first and foremost as well. You know, he had on his suit, he had on the wee hat, he looked a wee bit like odd job at the Jamie Bond movies, um, the way he was walking about, and just how sneaky he was as well, with a handful of salt thrown in opponent's faces as well. Everything about him, I loved. He was pure evil, um, and that's what I loved about him um, as well. You know, I remember him very fondly when his time of Demolition, who again is one of my favourite tag teams ever, and you could see him when he had on the you know, demolition of the face, the, the, the face paint on. He used to put the face paint over his eyes as well. And it made him part of that team, even, you know, he didn't he didn't look like them. You know, he, he didn't dress up in the, the demolition. Although that'd be funny if you seen him dressed up in the demolition outfit as well. That'd be pretty funny to see that. But, um, you know, fondly remember him for that as well. And then also, he managed the demolition and then he turned on the demolition as well. He managed the power of pains, which was a warlord and the barbarian. So that put an extra stint on it as well. Plus, in a match in WrestleMania 5, he wrestled in that match. It was the Warlord and the Barbarian and Mr. Fuji versus the Demolition as well. So the man, you know, for, for what age he was, he was still wrestling. I think that's uh, I think that's amazing. He also brought in a few other few other um, tag teams during the time, like Dorian Express and things like that as well. But most of the time, he is remembered with his time with the Demolition and then he eventually did go back to the Demolition before He's made, I think the thing that most people remember him by is he being the manager of Yokozuna as well. And let's not forget what he done. Yokozuna won a Rumble in 93 and he also had two-time tag team. He's also a two-time WWF heavyweight champion in there as well. Be great Fuji by his, by his side as well. So I think for what Fuji done, his character and everything like that, I think he's a great shout to be on this as well. Um, Next choice would be Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South, um, as well. You know, and see when you think about some of the people who Jimmy Hart has managed, I'll give you just a quick list of some of them that I've managed to remember from there. So he managed Hogan, when Hogan was in his prime, he managed the Hart Foundation, Greg the Hammer Valentine in there as well. Um, Ted DiBiase, IRS, the Mountie, Earthquake, Typhoon, the Natural Disasters, the Nasty Boys, and the Honky Tonk Man as well. So there was so what many. What a slag! Unreal, innit? <laughs> jumped Nuts. about everywhere. Jumped about Nuts. everywhere. 
So that's just some of the people that he's managed. And then also during that time as well, you know, all these a lot of these guys had titles on them as well, you know, as well, which was amazing. The nasty boys title range where he where he used to used to wear the, the thing I loved about Jimmy Hart was they always wore the suit jackets to represent the team that he managed. You know, when he managed the Hart Foundation when they first came out in the eighties, he used to have the big he he, he he's no relation to Brett Hart or anything like that, but he had on hearts on his suit jacket when he managed the nasty boys, it was like the, the paint, spray paint on the back of his um, on the back of his suit jacket. He also carried one of the helmets, which he used a lot, which helped him win the title, uh, the IC title, uh, the tag team titles as well. But also, let's not forget, he's allowed meth point in there as well, where he was shouting at people, he was distracting the referee, he was interacting with the fans. You know, that's the thing that makes you a great manager as well, which obviously the whole entertaining side of things and interacting with the fans and the fans must have just loved it you know the guys who were lucky enough to sit down in front of some of these shows and you know being interacting with somebody like him as well so I think he's he's in there as well and let's not forget he managed heels and then also he managed Hogan when Hogan was babyface as well when he came back to WWF as well so it's you know he's, he's got a wide collection in there so I think he's he's definitely one that we need to consider in there and my last one I'm going to change it because no one's mentioned them yet. My, my original threat was uh, the genius who was Macho Man's uh, brother who came out as an arrogant sort of intellect, used to be a gun in a cap and stuff like that. However, I switched him for Miss Elizabeth. No one's mentioned Miss Elizabeth yet. So, um, Are you talking about the Miss Elizabeth or Stevie Wilson? Oh, definitely not Stevie Wilson. No. Good, good. No. I was leaving at that point. <laughs> That is the only place you can get managed is at the door. Um, so, but the actual Miss Elizabeth, um, first, what can you say? First, sweetheart of wrestling, almost. You know how how she came in. Her and her and Macho were such a great partnership together. Um, as well, you know when he won the title, when um, as well all the way up. You know she was with him. But then the other stuff that she done as well. You know with the. The Ric Flair stuff as well, with Ric Flair imposing himself in the pictures and things like that as well. She was great and everybody loved her. And then let's not mention the stuff that she's done in WCW as well. In there as well. I think she's a she's another great shout to be in there as well. So guys, that's my four. Thanks very much, Derek. Uh, David, we'll come to you first. What's your thoughts on Derek's list? So yeah, uh, solid lineup from Derek. Uh, and I'm just gonna say straight off the bat. It's a no-brainer that Bobby Heenan needs to be on the Mount Rushmore, like no ifs or buts. Like Bobby Heenan was one of those guys who was just a chameleon at whatever he did. He was, uh, whether it was commentator or manager, you know, he was hilarious. He was insanely biased uh, and morally corrupt, but everybody loved him for it. I, particularly, you know, his back and forth with Gorilla Monsoon on commentary, like, you know, that just sort of showed what kind of personality he was. But in the role as a manager, you know, everything, you know, from managing the Heenan family to, uh, you know, obviously managing Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. Honestly, his, um, his face run wouldn't have been as successful if it wasn't for his heel run with Heenan. And so he's a big contributing factor to a lot of Hall of Fame worthy talents. Um, and I'm surprised he wasn't inducted in the Hall of Fame sooner than 2004. Like he was like, he was literally the best at, you know, riling up the crowd in every which way possible and you could hear his voice all the time when he took on the mantle of commentator but yeah he's um he he has to go on there like there needs to be a spot reserved for him and i think he needs to be the 
the first two time Mount Rushmore person. Uh, Miss Elizabeth, um, again, another bit of a bit of an interesting one because she wasn't a manager in the traditional sense. I think she was more of a, a pioneer of the role of valeting in wrestling. You know, she didn't get, you know, as hands-on physical compared to, you know, the likes of, you know, uh, Sherry and even Vicky got in the ring a couple of times as well. But she didn't really have that sort of influence. You know, she was very much there as uh, Macho Man's sort of key sort of valet sort of person. But that's not to say, you know, she's, you know, she has had, she was very over with the crowd, you know, being... I think she was dubbed wrestling's first lady as well and she had an integral part in a, in a lot of the feuds you know with rick flair jake roberts randy savage etc so she was there and there amongst some of the best but is she a candidate for mount rushmore possibly might be a little bit of a stretch though uh, given the competition she's up against can um, i come in on something you just said because you've said this twice now and all i'm thinking about is debates in chamber one what is real wrestling what's a real manager then Hmm. Yeah, that, that's why I think Miss Elizabeth's sort of in a bit of a grey area because you could argue she's a manager. Other times you could argue she's a valet. So yeah, I think it always like, it, like what, what, like what is that? Like right. what is that? It's a grey area. That's what I'm saying. It, you know, it just depends what perspective you look at it. And to be, there is a case to be made for her to go up there. But I think in the sense of conventional manager, I think she's too much of a hybrid rather than a full-on, you know, one or the other. If that makes sense. So. Going on to Jimmy Hart now, uh, definitely a very loud, vibrant character in more ways than one, both with his attires and his megaphone as well. He certainly, he made the, you know, the megaphone at ringside uh, basically a thing. Uh, and, you know, his managing of, again, you know, interacting with Hall of Fame worthy talents like the Hart Foundation and Honky Tonk Man, Hulk Hogan. Like, you, I mean, you'd put him in the Mount Rushmore just for his appearance alone. Uh, is he as you know captivating as other managers though i think he's up a lot against a lot of stiff competition here but in terms of you know again establishing himself as the mouth of the south with the megaphone you know he's very he's a very unique uh manager uh again it's it's another competitive one i must say mr fuji as well um this is the one i'm least confident about not nothing against mr fuji obviously because you know his run with demolition was great he also had managing yokozuna at the same time i just think he's i think he's just lost in the shuffle a little bit with all these other big names um yeah i'm afraid he doesn't stand out for me compared to the others so i'm afraid i'm gonna have to put on the, on the back burner for this one but i will say if there's any of derek's list that has to go on there it's bobby the brain heenan thanks very much david uh kwaku come to yourself what's your thoughts on derek's list? Uh, they're all valets. I don't think that I'm really joking. <laughs> no, uh, no, like, but really brain healing. Uh, like, the thing is, though, with that is, see, all of the people that Derek has picked, you God forgive me because um, most all of them are before the time I was watching wrestling, so I'm all about the retrospective and stuff. However, I do know a little bit about Jimmy Hart, uh, Mouth of the South, isn't it? Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Out for the South. Flashy jackets with all the whips over it, megaphone, shouting at people um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know of his work and um, quite a list of people he's worked with there. So, uh, he definitely fulfills the quota of he's probably managed the most amount of people. If you look at, I mean, a list or somebody else that's been 
a bugger mad slag, but ah well, there we go. Um, the genius, I guess that he was a genius. Uh, <laughs> um, Mr. Fuji. Now, to see the thing is, though, when I see that, him as a character, scares the bejesus out of me because I always had, when I was younger, I watched Goldfinger and I had a big fear for Oddjob. And you can imagine the fact that I had a big fear for Oddjob. I was six years old when I watched Goldfinger and sleeping. My brother comes barreling into the room and throws a bowler hat at me. I have never been so scared in my life. And I now hate bowler hats. And Mr. Fuji walking around scares the hell out of me. Even random task in Austin Power scares me. <laughs> so can we not bring up Mr. Fuji again? I certainly not put him up top of that mountain because I will never see that mountain ever again. I'm that scarred for life. Um, so we, I mean, it's very solid picks to be honest with apart from Mr. Fuji in that one but um, I'm more surprised that nobody's best uh, mentioned Mr. Yabaguchi-san for his one line and his services to chop it off a uh, tackle as well so there's another one that should go up there Mr. and Mr. Yabaguchi-san up there now well thanks for that Kwaku uh, no problem <laughs> What's your thoughts on the guy's thoughts in your picks? Doing them a ton of shape. Don't know what I'm talking about. No, I'm only kidding. Um, nah, solid. Solid. I agree with I agree most. I, I, sort of, I disagree with well, yeah, uh, some of the stuff that were said about Mr. Fuji. I thought Mr. Fuji was a great character um, in there and everything that he brought to it as well, particularly um, with Yokozuna in there as well. He just made him even more dastardly. Um, but I can't, can't complain about anything. I think. Um, Obviously, my picks are <clears throat> from when the main the main part that I that I love wrestling was you know like I said was the early was the late eighties early nineties um, and going on from there so that's why that's what. Can I just say on that point? Like obviously, I'm saying like I did the watch then and stuff, and I watch it. It does is in no means me saying that what you're saying is invalid or anyway no, because I'm I'm like the wrestling I love ever knows is proper 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 messed up like like the whole of wrestling twitter would hate my wrestling basically if i if i follow twitter i shouldn't be watching wrestling but i just think anyone that has an opinion on wrestling is a very valid one maybe i don't know much about it but i'm here for the education so let's do it yeah, just not yeah, Mister Fuji because he still scares me. Sorry. <laughs> I, th- I think, like, like I said, that's most of my my childhood was, you know, me and Gary was watching was watching the wrestling then because we are all unfortunately a wee bit older than most of you's a holes that are, that are on this podcast as well. So, um, I mean, Gary have a few years above most of you's um, on it, but I that's this is my golden this is my golden time, you know, for you it's maybe. That is your gear and stuff like that, but I mean, proper old school WWF is my stuff, and that's why it's so heavily influenced in there as well. Um, so I that was that was why I picked them. But respect their respect their views, definitely good. good. Uh, from my perspective, there I think it's a phenomenal lineup you've got here. Um, Bobby Brain Heenan, one of the absolute greats of all time, no doubt in my mind. Um, I love Mr. Fuji. Uh, just for the whole Bond theme and like what Quacker says, he's talking about odd job and stuff like that. I just love that. I just love that they, 
played on that slightly. He was a very good man. He obviously helped Yoko Zuma so much through his career as well. Jimmy Hart, again, I think is one of the greatest of all time as well. Probably, would you look at his career, the people with the titles he's helped his clients win, is possibly the most successful one of them all. Um, Ms. Elizabeth, um, just, just, what you say, the hard natural man. She's, she was an excellent mind. I don't agree with David Stevens sort of valley. I think she was an absolute brilliant manager. Um and obviously you know, was part of the reason that the mega power split. Yeah, which also created another great story, but I think it's a really good, good strong lineup. So again, thanks guys for your thoughts. Um so the first thing I've got to say is I'm really happy about diversity and all this, and we've got, everyone is picked a female. Um so Basically, I'm going to leave up to you guys about this. This is what I feel. Either we have to have a male and a female Mount Rushmore of managers, or we have to have at least minimum one woman in the Mount Rushmore. What's your thoughts, guys? You've got to have one woman on this Mount Rushmore. Yeah. At least. At least. Yeah, fair okay. enough. So now it comes into the nitty gritty. It's time to decide who actually goes on and who's going to miss out. Um, so I'm going to leave up to the floor for you guys to debate and every so often I'm going to shout out some names that I've thought of and other people I've spoken to have thought of that potentially should or could be involved in the Mount Rushmore. So I'm going to leave up to you who wants to go first and put it forward why. Okay, let's get the no-brainer out of the way. Bobby Heenan has got, has got to go on. Like, I think, I'm not sure there'd be any, any two ways about it. Uh, 100% agree with Bobby Heenan. Quite curious, your thought? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, so Bobby Heenan is the first name on the Mount Rushmore, so no surprise there, really. Uh, I agree as well, Bobby Heenan is superb. If he's not, I personally just like Paul Heenan just because I grew up with Paul Heenan more, but I totally respect the reasons for Derek and Bobby Heenan, and he's the first ever, as David said, person to appear twice in our workforce. So, yeah, perfect. So, who are we going for next time? Can I pick one? Can I say one that I didn't talk about, but Paul Bearer should be on it. Mm. 100%. Everything, yeah. that he, everything that he done in there, the way that he developed, the way that he made, like The Undertaker and Kane, the storyline between the two of them as well, that was, that was amazing storytelling between the two of them. As well, and he just added that extra element to to Undertaker when he first came out, and in the power of the arm and everything that came with it as well. I think he, I think he deserves his place in there a hundred percent as one of the as one of the best managers of all time. Yeah, I agree, and yeah, again, it's just just the way everything from his image to his uh, his character, and his obviously, you know, as you said, Derek, his story. Uh, the backstory with Undertaker and Kane, it's a huge contributing factor as to why he was, you know, a very good manager. And, you know, he had this sort of, you know, mystique about him. And yeah, I, I would I would back putting Paul Bearer on there as well. Quacky. Yeah, well, I picked him, so yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna find an argument from me on that one. Purely devil's advocate here, right? If he wants to go in, that means the likes of either Paul Heyman or Jimmy Hart, one of them potentially came out. I mean, there's a whole list of other amazing binders I've been, I've seen here. Right, so like, you're just about Ric Flair. 
Bischoff. Bischoff had probably the greatest heat I've ever seen a, a, a manager ever get. People will literally phone trash him in the middle of the ring in WCW during that career. You know, um, Rick Rude, he was brilliant with WCW. China, China with DX before she became an active wrestler, was superb. She was intimidating. I mean, what's your thoughts, guys? I mean, are you happy to sit with Paul or do you feel that maybe Jimmy Hart and I think the thing with China, though, because, yeah, she was a great manager, but where she was a great manager, she was an even greater pioneer in wrestling. So I think that um, about if you're going to create her, and I, might, I mean, she could be in Mount Rush, where there's so many things, but I think the thing about her more is the fact that she was... Uh, intercontinental champion and um, pioneer of like pretty much everything so I think it would be more of a credence to put her in a right much more of women for example yeah rather than managers yeah I think she is already indeed. on the women's Mount Rushmore yeah there's indeed yeah well just to play again that was asking Teddy Long was a name that was mentioned quite often. No, I, I never thought I would no, say that. No, listen, you saying Teddy Long, that is, oh my God, what? I've seen in when I was doing a lot of research for the show, the same four names all kept coming up as the Mount Rushmore, which was Keenan, Heyman, Jimmy Hart, and Paul Bader. Which is why I said to you, so before we came on, you can have one of each. Um, sadly said I couldn't make the show which is why Derek jumped on the, the chance to get Jimmy Hart as part of his group that's why he is it too I mean what, what's your thoughts I mean I, I know you love Teddy Long I love Teddy Long like proper Teddy Long time I will put him on any Mount Rushmore however for the uh, putting my sensible hat on right now I can't believe I'm saying that I, I just don't I, I, in terms of a manager of people I don't think he could be up there or general uh, Mount Rushworth general managers for example the Mount Rushworth tag teams as well because let's be honest he is the absolute dawn of tag teams and the Mount Rushworth of making you sure you go one on one with the Undertaker that definitely there <laughs> All right, okay. Again, doubles Africa. I'm just trying to see ways are all thinking if they're going to stick with Paul Bearer. There is three other names here that nobody's mentioned. One's highly, highly controversial. I understand that nobody wants to put them forward. Jim Cornette. There's one big issue with Jim Cornette, and that is Jim Cornette. Move on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fair enough. Disag- disagree. Okay. Cornette was on my. Cornette was on my. Was on one of my first lists when we were, when we were talking about this however because Jim Cornette is Jim Cornette that's why I took him off it yeah I think that's, that's all we'll say about that yeah no more if you go back to the stuff he's been his manager you know it's good but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk to him right that's fine uh, there's been a couple others Freddie Blasey he's always in the in the top five nobody mentioned him I mean he did get a lot he, of heat from the crowd yeah very uh, much an obnoxious sort of villain Okay, I'm going to give you one modern one. I'm quite surprised not to mention, considering how many careers he's regenerated and built. MVP. He's yes. done it. Yeah, he's done, done, he's done great it. with the with people and stuff like that, but I, I, I just think there are other names out there that, in terms of, I mean, it, 
MVP to me is the MVP of the Ruthless Aggression era because his name is MVP. But that's another show you should listen to. Yep. Uh, but for this, I, I just think there are other names out there that deserve to go on first. Uh, MVP's got too much of a decorated in-ring career, which more or less eclipses his time as a manager, which has only been, you know, just shy of what, 18 months, two years long. You know, since his return at the 2020 Royal Rumble, you know that. I mean, if you were to do this show a few years later and he was still in the role of a manager, there could be a case made for him. But no, it's too soon for him to be considered as a Mount Rushmore of managers. I mean, I know everyone's the biggest follower of Impact, but he had a really good run in Impact as a manager. Really good run. And he made like, his number one target to last up with a solid Drew McIntyre. I thought Drew Galloway they were back then. Someone off the I, I, I agree with David Clark. I think he's more, you, when you think of MVP, you think of him more in the ring, not outside the ring. Um, like Dave said, two years' time, if we're discussing this again, and he's still doing you know, his business, what he's doing in WWE right now, I think there's every possibility they could be discussing him. Yeah. yeah. So that means then you would not consider Flair, Anderson, Blanchard then, because of their in ring careers? Because of the ring careers, yes. Fair enough. So, are you going to stick then, Paul Bearer, number two? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think so. You think shit studying bastard. <laughs> I know. I know. I like how you came in here, tried to get us all scrapping and everything, and then we're like, no, Alan, you're the prick. Move on. Remember <laughs> <laughs> the OG Mount Rushmore? These were all screaming and shouting at each other, arguing. It was fantastic. Every sort of just flung a yeah. name in. And then I just, I just sat at the back stroking an imaginary cat as you all falled over to my argument on Vince McMahon. I don't know, that was a huge disappointment. Wait, you see you ripped and the audience just went... Ah. I know. I, was, I, I had my ammunition ready and I didn't even need to look at the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Paul Bader is in the Mount Rushmore, so we have room for one more man. Man, we discuss. Can we discuss the women right now? Let's do it. I mean, like, I would, I would like to put a case forward for Sensational Sherry. On your four years. Well, everything is what I said before. You know, she was, you know, she had a huge influential role in establishing a lot of memorable talent and gimmicks. Like I've said, you know, she was an integral part of establishing Shawn Michaels as the Heartbreak Kid, a, a moniker which she still holds to this day. Uh, the rise of harlem heat in wcw you know she really showed her credentials as a manager there leading them to seven world tag title reigns in three years you know that's pretty pretty damn impressive uh, for you know a team that sort of stuck together through all that time uh, but i think you can't overlook you know her role as queen sherry uh which helped elevate one of the greatest heel characters of the 90s macho king randy savage and her sort of back and forth you know with miss elizabeth as well you know established her as a really you know, enigmatic, you know, volatile manager, sort of heel character. And yeah, she wasn't just, you know, like I said, she wasn't just stuck to just standing at ringside. She would take bumps when she needed to, and she would put her body on the line for the sake of a storyline. Like that is sort of one of those, you know, pioneering aspects of, you know, a time where, you know, women managers, you know, were sort of there just for either being, 
uh, eye candy essentially. But you know, she was she was wanting to you know get her hands dirty and get involved, and I think that's what puts her head and shoulders above any other sort of female manager. Right. I'm going to argue for Miss Elizabeth in there is mine. Um, Miss Elizabeth, first of all, is a manager. She's not a valet. She's a manager. Put that out of there. In my opinion, in my uh, humble opinion, I think she's a manager. Yeah, that's um, cool. That's look, cool. At what she, look at what she's done um, for everything. The storylines with the macho man in there. Like you said, the mega powers, the biggest probably tag team of the 80s. In there as well, early 90s, um, and everything they've done, and then how they, they, they developed that storyline to split them up, and you know, to go their own separate ways as well was, was incredible. Um, and then the storyline, where I first was introduced to WWE, WWF at the time, was, was amazing, you know, with the, putting the pictures in and just Flair showing everybody how Ric Flair is. It, I think you just developed that more in there, and it was sensational. Um, in there as well. Um, you, you make a valid point about Sherry taking bumps and stuff like that. Miss Elizabeth wasn't a trained wrestler in there as well. She was she was a manager. So um, I think that might be that might be the thing. But I think for me, um, if I'm thinking about female managers of that time, there's only one person I think about, and that's Miss Elizabeth. Sherry is a phenomenal choice, but um, me personally, I would I would have Elizabeth in there. Um, as well, I think, I think when you think about what Sherry's done, it's it's, it's it's amazing. But for me, you know, Elizabeth shines ahead there, unfortunately. Fair enough. Now, Kwaku, you've got two women as part of your Mount Rushmore, AJ Lee and Ricky Guerrero. Are you going to back one of them? Or are you going to join sides with either Derek or David? I am going to back one of my own because Sorry to say, but Vicky Guerrero has got to go in there. Vicky, I can hear the two Campbells screaming, put Vicky in, put Vicky in. I can hear both of them already in my hair, head, just screaming out for it because it needs to be done. Vicky is just, she came in as the wife of Eddie, right? And has completely reinvented. Like the Guerrero family are a legendary family in wrestling. It's easy to be like uh, going down the path of, well, I'm the family person of this or whatever. Vicky made it her own. The only association that you would have with Eddie was the fact that she shared the same surname. She made it all about what she was doing to put over people and to put over how evil and vindictive this woman was to make sure she got what she wanted and she propelled the people that she managed the people into top cards and unfortunately are not there now edge to an extent he's still in the top card because he's edge but you got to look at the reason look, look at the big reason as to why that was and see who was pushing them and elevating up into that into that role with their character work and that was Vicky. Vicky was very instrumental in that part. So I think it'll be a big travesty if you don't put her in as well as Miz down. But anyway, there you go. Now before I let you fight this one out, there's a few other names that I've seen in other articles, other people have mentioned that nobody said. So I just want to see if any of these names are possibly going to trip these up and maybe think maybe we could. 
We've got Terry Runnels, Deborah. Nah. Nah. Stacy Keebler. Nope. Definitely Lan. And the modern one, Lana. Lana generated huge heat by Bruce. She, she did fair play. No, like Lana was amazing. But for what we're talking about, I just don't know. But Lana is like of all those people, I think the strongest argument could be said for Lana, but I just don't think it's strong enough for what we're talking about right now. Derek, what's your thoughts? Uh, Stephanie McMahon's an interesting one. I think that's quite a good one. But she's another one who's had unbelievable heat on her as well. I think Lana's a great shout um, as well um, when when she was managing Rufus and uh, Rousseff, sorry, the, the, heat that, the heat that she was getting as well, but I think the three the three ladies that we have mentioned are up there with the best, and I think they are better than the ones that you're trying to ship with. <laughs> yeah, like Ste- <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie is an authority figure, you know, yeah, she would go on general managers, etc. Lana yeah. was only really relevant for about a year, and then it sort of just went downhill. Like, I mean, yes, she generated heat, but not a very sort of comfortable heat, you know, particularly, you know, with the whole Russia gimmick and stuff. But uh, Lana's just went downhill ever since 2015, and I don't think she can hold a candle to any of the three we've mentioned. David, don't hold back. See what you really feel. I'm not getting involved. She's going to fight it between us. Who's going in? Vicky. Sherry. You need to debate it. Something needs to get in. Listen, shit. Another reason I think Sherry should go in is because of her successes across multiple promotions. Like, Miss Elizabeth, while she was a great manager, we'll, we'll go with that, where she was a manager, I think she was only she was only stuck with uh, WWF, where Sherry branched out to WCW and managed to get equivalent, heat as, uh, equivalent success as she did in uh, WWF. So I think there's an argument to be made, you know, she was a, a successful manager across multiple promotions, not just the one. Derek, you've got to take that. <laughs> Elizabeth was in WCW as well, David. Oh, was she? No. Go show, go show I know then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not accepting that, Dave, unfortunately. Um, okay. For me, Elizabeth was the first manager in wrestling, like the first female manager in wrestling, which is pretty high up there, I think, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think that's who I would, that's who I think of when I think of um, any sort of managers in there Aye. as well. Like I do, Elizabeth, think, I do yeah. like to be to be honest with you, huge guys do make good good valid points in there, but I kind of see by. But yeah, Elizabeth may have been the first manager of wrestling, but Sherry I think just cranked up to eleven. Notice how there's Aye. no dispute of Vicky Guerrero, therefore she should go in. Done. Oh, listen, we forgot Vicky ages ago. We're thinking stuck between Sherry and Elizabeth now. <laughs> oh, is that the case? Is it going to be seen Sherry and Elizabeth? No, it's not the case. Hell no, as it is. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no! Hell no! David Cockney guy, David Cockney. I know. I up to about twenty-eight. I mean, come on, your case. His balls have just dropped in the last two minutes. There, Jesus Christ, man. Anyway, love it, love it, Dave. Keep going. <laughs> I'm scared to what might happen next. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that knocked me for six. David Hockney, Jesus Christ, on your cell, son. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> basically, we we'll see with Vicky. I've got saved, man. Yeah, Vicky. there you go. I've just, I've just broken you there, Quacker. <laughs> anyway, uh, Vicky Guerrero, nobody had a thing to say like the negative about her. I said what I had to say. 
Nobody said anything negative in any way whatsoever. Vicky has to go and she made people top of the card and kept them there. Her, who got the biggest pop at the Royal Rumble, the first uh, Women's Royal Rumble? Who got the biggest pop coming out? Tell me. Uh, probably Trish Stratus. Wrong. Vicky, watch it back. <laughs> watch it back. Watch it back and I'm going to tell you, it was Vicky. Why? She was hated. She was hated. She got the biggest pop because people respected what that woman did. And what she did was just elevated people uh, to the top through her character work. She was amazing. Yeah. Don't ever come back on that hot knee. You know, how's, Dol- how's, how's Dolph Ziggler doing, by the way? All right. Well, well since the, uh, she wasn't managing him, yeah, he's gone off the rails. Yeah, fair play. But when she was managing him, where was he? At the top. Thank US you. champion. And world um, heavyweight champion as well. So for like five minutes, he was world heavyweight champion. That proves our point more. When he when he was a champion with Vicky. There we go. Move on. I don't. I don't think any other going to move on our stance here, Al. So I think you might need to step in. And... Right. I'll tell you what. Then, right. One last plea from all you. Plead the case, and I'm going to back the winner. Do it for the La Familia. Do it for the Guerrero name. Agrero needs to be up on this Mount Rushmore. This is the big opportunity to have Agrero finally on the Mount Rushmore that we've been debating. Vicky Guerrero needs to go up there. If you don't put her in there, biggest travesty going. I save my piece. You no. I I I mean I'm sure Vic yeah, Vicky's got a lot of great qualities that make her a, a good manager. It's just that I don't know. I think in some, in a lot of cases, you know, she was made to look like the butt of jokes, particularly, you know, at, you know, especially at the behest of the McMahons as well. You know, there was always one authority figure that was stronger than her. But again, that's looking at her as a sort of general general manager. manager you've just debunked your own argument there. Yeah, but in terms of manager, you know, I think she only elevated like Dolph Ziggler to a world title, which he was only given through uh, because Edge was, uh, you know, kayfabe sacked that same day. Uh, so it's there was only so far that Vicky could go with her clients, you know, whereas, you know, people like, you know, Miss Elizabeth and Sherry, you know, they both had an influential role in the rise of Randy Savage, essentially, you know, one of the most decorated Hall of Fame talents ever. But Sherry has the edge largely because of, you know, not only who she managed, you know, like I said, she was managing Ric Flair, Honky Tonk Man, Jake Roberts, Ted DiBiase, all these guys are Hall of Fame caliber superstars. And... And I will say this again, she was influential in some of the most prominent gimmicks that we still see today. When when Dave, when Dave first started talking there, he mentioned Ms. Elizabeth first over his own pick. So I think that tells you... Because you saved Dave the best for last. That. I think that's what it tells you about Dave said that. He's obviously thinking one step ahead. We are talking about the first woman manager of wrestling in here and Miss Elizabeth. Look at everything that they've done. The match made in the match made in heaven with a wedding. Everything like that was was amazing. Look at what she done for Savage as well, bringing them up to the heavyweight title as well. The mega pillars in there. Everybody loved the mega pillars and the amazing storyline when, when when they split up as well. Because of Miss Elizabeth as well. Look at the feud with Savage and Flair because of the the pictures that we done with her as well, you know, then they put his face and match man's image and stuff like that. It was amazing as well. And like I said, 
she's like like uh, we we'll said before, you know, she's been in that. She, she's she's not only been in WWE. She was uh, WWF at the time. She was also in WCW as well, um, and there as well with Savage. So I think she deserves a place in there for everything that she represents and the massive storylines that she was involved with at the time. Thanks very much, guys. Right. Before the show started, I knew your list. I knew you'd probably come down to these three. And the way I would order them from weakest to strongest, before any of even spoke about them, would have been the weakest would have been Sherry Martell, then would have been Miss Elizabeth, then Vicky. But I'm going to make my decision purely based on how you have argued about it and debated about it. And for that reason, Miss Elizabeth's going to... Sorry, boys, but I've got to go Miss Elizabeth. It was the first big manager ever I've, anyone ever seen in wrestling the way you know, the mega powers the wedding you know she was the Yoko Ono they brought them back together you know all your arguments are so valid I think the one that failed Vicky is the success in the two brands yes she's got Nyla to a world title in AEW Nyla's now dropped the title but she's not really appearing anymore you're not really seeing much here um, but again, Quacky, you said she made Dolph relevant. Dolph's not relevant anymore. Sensational yeah, shit. Because she's not with him, so that proves my point more. I know, but surely with a work, with a manager setting them up, they should be able to continue. Like when Undertaker didn't have better, Undertaker still thrived. When Kane didn't have better, he still thrived. He's not. Ed had. You know, Ed was come towards Eddie's care, now he's back. He hasn't. He's went to war mid card now at best. Um, Pardon me, shame because he is such a technically brilliant wrestler, amazing sell. Um, David gave me some really strong arguments. Uh, some Sherry Martell, but you were talking about she helped manage Harlem Heat, it's, and she, you're right, she did. But when I think of, personally, one person, when I think of Harlem Heat, she doesn't even come into my head. I just think of Booker T and Stevie Ray, no one else. Billy Paul to Paul Evan, Ellen scenario. But when the mega powers, Mr. Wizard was always in the middle. Wedding dress, the breakup. So I have to say with Derek this one, I'm going for Mr. Elizabeth, purely based on your debating. That's all. Nothing else. Throw Mr. Elizabeth in. Can I say one thing there? I absolutely thought that was amazing. The arguments that we did that they, they both put the, the three was put forward, I think were brilliant. Dave, Miss uh, Sensational Sherry stuff was spot on. Quacko, Vicky Guerrero, awesome mate as well. I think it's, I think it's brilliant, but um, I, I think it was, I think it was a very, very good debate oh, there about it. Uh, it's all just, it's all just part of the debate, you know. I mean, you've, you've got a, a side to argue for, but you know, Ms. Elizabeth was a strong contender to begin with, and you put a, a very good case forward. So I'm, I'm happy that she's, she's, uh, she's been put up there because I, I think it was either going to be her or, or Sherry. Listen to the Dolph now that he's won, he's gone all wholesome and said, Oh, well done, boys. You're absolute meltdown. You're absolute meltdown. I wouldn't have it any other way, brother, as it was. But we've really had a debate since the first Mount Rushmore. There's not, it's all been kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it, okay, we're done. So thank you, that's been brilliant. So then I suppose then, considering <laughs> the debate now, well, we've still got one place left. So, <laughs> so the question is, is it going to be a male or a female? So who are we going for, guys? Paul Heyman. Guerrero. 
Paul Heyman, there's no there's no other competition. For me, it's Jimmy Hart. <laughs> Quacker? I think I said I think I said when Quacker started his argument, I said Paul Heyman needs to go in there. However, now that we're looking at it and everybody that, that Jimmy Hart has managed and what he's done in there, I think he should be in there as well. However, Heyman is amazing. I love Paul Heyman. Absolutely love him. I think he brings so much to the to the table with these with the guys that he manages. He brings them on an extra dimension. Um, however, um, the mouth for the south is the mouth for the south. But um, in there as well, I'm going to throw him and his name in the ring as well. Right, Quack. I'm going to come to you. Right, since you haven't got either one, are you going to sit with Ms. Dow or Vicky or Eden, or are you going to back one of the boys here? If you Jimmy Hart or Paul Heyman. I feel like I'm facing a losing battle, so I'm, I, I feel like this is like single transferable votes where I put my number one down, and my number one has got no chance of winning, so I might as well go for my number two or my number three. So <laughs> I think I'm going to go for my number three option. And I, f- I fear for saying this because it would be, it'll be wrong if this man's not in it. And it's gotta be Heyman. Even though Jimmy Hart said more champions under his title, more Hall of Famers. Yeah, but it's gotta be Heyman. I mean, both have managed some wrongings in the past. Uh, I was gonna go down the route of wrongings, but I mean, one doesn't like his daughter dating tall basketball players of a certain color. The other likes to flash his whacker at air and air hostesses. Allegedly, don't sue me. Uh, so it's just, <laughs> so it's just one of those things. So yeah, Paul Heyman. Okay, so sadly, Derek, it's two to one. Paul Heyman is going to go in. So wow. that's a that's a lovely, lovely place in there. I was just wanting to do a bit of shit stirring as well. I, I think I, like I said at the start, um, I want like Paul Heyman should should be in there, but I would just want to fight for my guy in there as well. But I think. When you think about it rationally, Heyman should go in there. Like I said, he adds uh, an extra dimension to everybody that he manages in there as well. And the heat that he can bring on top of that as well. Yeah, definitely. No complaints from my side. Hmm. I mean, just see, just purely based on everyone's arguments tonight, if I had to pick mine from your arguments alone, so I tried to obviously stay out of this, it would be Paul Heyman, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Mr. Ludruff, and Jimmy Hart. Paul Bearer when he got into mind, just purely because Paul Bearer was tied to two guys his whole career. Jimmy Hart had that many. That's the only reason I would go him over that, but that's what makes this, you know, quite an interesting show and we've finally got some debating going, it's been great. So are we happy with our final Mount Rushmore? Are we locking it in? Yep. Um, yep. Call the contractors, get them chiseling away. Is this going to go and melt to the campsite again? Because there's still some space. No, no, it's going for Brace. All right, going for Brace. I'll be filling doggers up there. Exactly. Just think of the doggers that come up the sky, in a yellowy, and top of Paul Bearer. Looking at Paul Bearer. <laughs> That's us. So there we go. Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! I'm not even going to attempt it. If there was ever oh. a moment for someone to do it, it was that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go Mount Rushmore Minders complete Bobby the Brain Heenan Paul Bearer Miss Elizabeth and Paul Heyman 
Yeah, there we go. That's a lot. And I think that's a lot there with the crowd there. And we've got our first ever two-time uh, Mount Rushmore star of Bobby the Brain Eden, and rightfully so. And on that note, it's time to end the show. I just want to thank the panel again. Firstly, Derek Kerrigan. David Hockney. Thanks. And Quack here, Jay. Thanks very much for their per se. You're a top of the show there, per se. Thank you very much there, per se. Thank you very much, per se number two. I've been per se. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Look forward to seeing you again. Everyone, take care. Have a good night. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.